folks, beat the Bonnies. Welcome to a brand new episode of Trainwreck tonight, wildcard edition. We are live here at Studio D in Cheek de Vegas. You got myself, the General, Maniacs in the building, along with DJ Supreme. Show sponsor? Picasso's Pizza. For the best deals on the best pizza in Western New York, go to picassospizza.net. And for this Saturday playoff matchup, there is no better spot to be primed, perfected, and ready to go than with Picasso's Pizza. Maniac, I'm so fired up. DJ Supreme, it's going to be a tough week to sleep when it's, you know, playoffs now, two out of three years, the Buffalo Bills are traveling to Houston for that matchup on Saturday, January 4th. We're playing the Texans at 435 on ESPN. It's the first uh, game of the day and the first uh, game for the wildcard weekend. And it's weird. You got both AFC matchups going on Saturday. That's not that's not normal, is it? No. And you, I think, you know, you had a little meeting of the executives and they're like, how can we have Houston at four o'clock? like we always do in New England in prime time. Yep. And someone was like, why not both? And boom, there was no rule that AFC had to be on one day each day. There's no rules. NFL can make whatever rules it wants, and it's clearly doing its job. And I'm so excited to see how Buffalo Bills fans take over Houston. Because it kind of, Houston and Jacksonville remind me of each other a little bit. Even though I've never been to Houston in my entire life, but just the fan, from a fan base perspective. You look at Houston, you know, they haven't been around long. I was texting a friend earlier today who lives uh, outside of Fort Worth, and he was like, the entire state is Cowboys fans. So you're looking at this matchup going into Houston. We took over Jacksonville when we went last time. I'm thinking the same thing happens this weekend on Saturday. But hey, they answered back in Jacksonville with Duval. Let's say it. Those people had a chip on their shoulder. I mean, unless, and I look at it the same way. If you were going to Florida, you might say, you know what? Everyone in Florida is a Miami Dolphins fan. But instead, you're saying today, you're like, there might be a Jaguars but, fan, but, you know. Maniac. Yes. It's, a, it's a little different. Dolphins it's a, it's a and Cowboys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, Cowboys, America's team. but Cowboys uh, are a little bit more of a, you know, mainstay in Texas than the Dolphins are for a Floridian, for sure. But it's, it's just, like, like I said, this is so rare. As DJ Supreme always says, it's uncharted territory. We're back on the road playing Houston this weekend and it's like last time it was so much fun you had lot X you know before that Bills Jags game and it was I've never seen a tailgate like it in my entire life even in Buffalo and what we did that's I mean parents were shielding their kids like it, I, people just launching themselves off vehicles I would say it's the equivalent of like families going to a beach and then realizing it was like a nude beach like they were going to go for a fun environment and then realize that this was just not a safe place to be for the well-being of a child or anything like that you said it best. Look left, look right. There were Bills fans everywhere. I didn't see one Jacksonville fan in Ladex. So I'm looking forward to seeing what area Bills fans decide it's going to be a takeover for in Houston. And you remember Jacksonville, that county, they banned tables? Yeah. That rumor that we started. Yep. I remember that. They banned they ban tables. And how about the tables being flown? People yeah, were literally people, in- people flying their tables, people taking pictures of them flying their tables. It was insane. It was. I said that, you know, when we made the playoffs in 2017, it was kind of like. You know, so by surprise, we knew the situation and everything, but we really weren't expecting it. It was kind of like just partying, glad to be there. Whereas this year, it kind of feels like the process has taken hold and yep. it's, there's more of an expectation this year going into the playoffs, no doubt about it. And you look at the Bills this year, what were, what were they? Six and two on the road. Yeah. Houston, to, in my opinion, is not a place that's a tough place to play. Uh, I think they were, I think they were five and three at home this year. This is their sixth time since 2012 playing at home. 
representing yeah. the South in a wild card game. They're three and two in those games, and th- this is a a game where, as Bills fans, you know, you weren't in the playoffs for seventeen years. You made it in 2017. This is the year to make the next jump, especially with this defense we have. Yep, defense travels. And like you said, a lot of Bills fans are going to be traveling just like we did to Jacksonville two years ago. And we had, I mean, it was an incredible time. So it's kind of hard. I almost feel like the sequel can't be as good as like Jacksonville was just because it seemed like it was such a fun time for everything we did. We'll obviously walk everyone through it, but... I mean, it's just being in Jacksonville is some of my fondest memories as a Buffalo sports fan. Do you remember the airport? Yeah. Oh, incredible. Jim Kelly at our gate. <laughs> For those at home, so we were <laughs> literally getting ready to board this plane, and, we're, and we were talking with someone we'll bring up in the story in a second here. Full airport. Like, the gate, every gate was filled, like, because basically there were numerous flights going to Jacksonville, connecting flights, etc. The lady goes over the, the loudspeaker, and she goes... Ladies and gentlemen, at Gate D, Buffalo Niagara International Airport would like to welcome Jim Kelly. And everyone is like, whoa, that's a really big deal. Like, Jim Kelly's here Friday of, like, playoffs. And everybody looks over, and there's one person in the Gate D area, and it's on a cell phone, talking on the phone, and it's Bill Cower. So it's not Jim Kelly, it's Bill Cower. And the best part about that is we took a picture with him probably 20 minutes before this happened. Yeah, so we, so this, so we, we knew about Cower. Like, we were already over, like, oh, but, like, Cower's here. And then we were like, whoa, Jim? Yeah, like, us, exactly. <laughs> us being who we are, Jim's here. <laughs> get, a, get a picture of Jim. And then, like, obviously after, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds, people realized it wasn't Jim. But who, Rodak was at that gate. So, yeah, that was the person we were mingling with because obviously we're getting ready to go and all of a sudden we see this very tall you know, man, just sit standing near the gate, and we're like, that's Mike Rodak. Rocking Providence, those friars, that nice hoodie. Yeah, he had a real nice hoodie, ready to go down to Jacksonville, get some warmth. And then you, that was the start of an amazing playoff run for us because you did something that we would have never thought we were doing when we started out that day. You wrote a tweet for Mike Rodak. Oh, that's right. About the fans in the airport getting ready to go and everything. And like he, and punctuation. He, he was taking all input. And he tagged us in it. Like yep, these rowdy fans yep. are here at the Buffalo airport. Because that's when Twitter that day was blowing up with fans posting the videos of people starting the Let's Go Buffalo chant. And obviously like the shout song on the planes. Um, but let's get into this Houston matchup a little bit. Because obviously with week 17 against the Jets... Tough loss at home. Who cares? They ruined their draft status. But you had injuries like Levi Wallace, Tyna Saki. We didn't really hear much. We heard that uh, Levi's day-to-day with an ankle sprain. Tyna Saki looks like his ankle as well. No real updates at this time. But is it getting to the point where, you know how in baseball in September, yes. the rosters fluctuate? Oh, yeah. It goes from, what, 25 to 40? Is it time like in the NFL in week like 16, 17? rosters can expand i know it's like it's it's never really been talked about but like you don't have backups really to play every offensive line position you're not you know when you start a roster at 53 you're not bringing out 15 offensive linemen those guys have to play like niseki ford key people need to be in the lineup consistently through four quarters and shit weather yeah the rosters in nfl are not conducive to resting starters no. and benching guys like that one good thing that I saw people recommend uh, recommend then recommend was what if when you clinch the playoffs everyone on your practice squad is eligible to play. Perfect. That, that's the thing. So you get a reward for clinching the playoffs early and you get that practice squad guys. Yeah, I think well just to color this uh these points, I'm a, I'm in favor of a shorter preseason opening up the regular season an extra maybe like two games, chopping two off the preseason giving an extra bye. I think that that makes the most Double sense. Double buy. 
Yeah, because I, I like the idea about having an expanded roster as the season goes along where, you know, it goes from 50, 56, 60. I think that was perfect. But week 16, week 17, practice squads eligible. Yeah, practice Something squads eligible point. for the playoffs. Something like that because, yeah, I mean, these guys get banged up. We've been very blessed, knock on wood, with a lack of injuries this year. But yeah. a lot of other teams are, are facing the exact opposite problem. Yeah, and if you look at the Texans, I mean, a couple of their key players, Will Fuller is a guy we're going to be watching all week. Bill O'Brien today said that he's progressing, heading in the right direction. That's going to be a key matchup, especially if Levi Wallace can't suit up. And then, Wallace got hurt, by the way, because we didn't have enough subs to play corner. Yeah. So Wallace was playing corner. So it wasn't even like McDermott made like a terrible decision. No. Like he let Wallace play. It was literally out of necessity. You were going to play with 10 guys. I mean, I get it, but. Ryan Talbot's tweet. I, Isaiah McKenzie not playing a cornerback. Yep, Isaiah McKenzie not playing a cornerback. And by the way, everyone is all up in arms about this Naseki situation. Like, why was he back, et cetera, et cetera. I think he was back because you wanted to see if this guy could give you a full game. Like, yeah. before you get into the playoffs. Because the last thing you yep. want is this happening four games into the Houston game and being like, or four snaps into the Houston game and being like, well, new, like, shuffle. At least this week they'll get to practice with the line that they should have for the full game. This Saturday. And another one for the uh, Texans was uh, Jonathan Joseph. He was ruled out probably around 6 o'clock yesterday, mid-game, ruled out with a hamstring injury. So him and Will Fuller, both with hamstring injuries, both will be watching those all week. According, to, according week. to Bill O'Brien today, Fuller was moving in the right direction, which is, that's big-time coach speak. Smokescreen. Big-time smokescreen coach speak. Could be, oh, a yeah. da- could be a damn smoke monster. But how about LSU, head coach, Coach O? I mean, that video in minutes... I mean, it was all go over Bills phones. Yeah. Go Tigers. I mean, Bills to the Super Bowl now? How ridiculous is it that he got the Go Tigers in there at the end after the Go Bills? But that's classic. That's, well, it's, I mean, it's, that's what it's he does. Like, I, think, I think before he made the video, he's like, yeah, I'll say Go Bills, but I have to be able to say Go Tigers like before it ends. Like, who, you're not allowed to crop it. Who reached out to him to make that video happen? He t- probably, probably Reed Ferguson through Blake Ferguson, who's still on the team. Reed Ferguson's younger brother is, is, is an active player on the LSU squad. Because I saw that. Yeah, you're right. Reed Ferguson was tagged. Trey White was tagged in that video. And yeah, like personality-wise, Trey White makes way more sense to be the one who have done it because he's like, you know, he only graduated there two years ago and everything like that. He would have actually played like under coach extensive, but mm-hmm. with that said, I mean, the Reed Blake connection makes it to me. So the matchup going into this week, Trey White. DeAndre Hopkins. Nuck. Hands down. Nuck. It's not even a question. (laughs) This year, Trey White snaps in coverage, 599 touchdowns allowed. Zilch. That's the big time thing going into this game. That's how you draw it up. And in multiple games this year, Trey White has not only single-handedly shut down the opposing best wide receiver, but he's changed the game. Whether it's a forced fumble, a huge INT, a big return. So that's the big one heading into this on Saturday. No doubt. Obviously, that's going to be a huge matchup. Last year when they phased off, I think he had like a couple of catches for about 50 yards. Had a touchdown that was very well defended. I mean, it was just a good play by him, good play by Trey. I think if you told Bills fans right now, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have 60 yards and a touchdown this Saturday, we would take that in a second because that doesn't that doesn't bury this Bills team. No, I think the last time they played in a game too, Hopkins is around those numbers. He was in like the high 50s, I think, with the yeah. tutty. Yeah, that was, what, that was what I said. Oh, you did? Yeah. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, Al doesn't listen to the first part of when I talk, but now we've confirmed it. 
Okay, so let's get into spread talk. Yeah. Bills open up plus three. Spread talk. Plus three. That's, I mean, for home field, it's three points typically in the NFL. So it's straight up. It's so, a, so they think it's a it's a push. These teams on a neutral field would be a pick em. It's a pick em game. Exactly. With the Bills fans, the way they travel, especially to Houston, like they did Jacksonville last year. Overrunners at 42 and a half. I think that's a little high. With the way Bills games have been going under consistently this season. I mean, I would think the, the under is the play in that matchup of 42 and a half. I, no I, doubt. I don't, yeah. I, I mean, I, definitely like trends wise, it's as with right now. With that said, do you think that both teams are going to come out, execute pretty efficiently and maybe a touchdown in their first one or two drives? Because then basically you're pacing like a 45 to 50 right at the start. I, I don't see it. I don't see either team scoring right away, especially okay. in a playoff game. I mean, we saw what happened in Jacksonville, but we knew that was in Jacksonville. What was, was that final score? I mean, that was an 10-3. awful game to watch. It was exactly like the Jets Bills game this Sunday or this oh. past Sunday. Oh, it was brutal. I was I watching think... some of the highlights. Blake Vick running all over us. I think the only the only Devils advocate point to that over under amount is that the Texans' offense has been high powered, high scoring all season, pretty much. That's their strength. That's why they're in the playoffs. And with the Bills, they've been able to take advantage of poor defenses like the Texans have and a defense that's gone from poor to even worse now that Jonathan Joseph's out of the lineup. So I w- I, I don't know, I'm not saying it'll go over, but I think it'll be a lot of points quick, and then they make adjustments, and it slows down. And it's funny because, I mean, we made the playoffs, but it feels like there's just so much more optimism about this playoff run because it's not catching us by surprise. When they made it last time, it was like they still were getting like crushed by the Saints when we played the Saints in 2017. We got crushed by the Chargers in the Peterman game. We got cr- beat by the Patriots twice in December. Uh, neither of those games was a one possession game like both the Patriots games were this year. But I think the optimism comes from the defense. Like you said, I mean, this defense, I mean, even elite quarterbacks this year, they've made look pretty average. So even if Watson hasn't figured out, even if they, you know, have a great game plan, I mean, let Bill O'Brien be Bill O'Brien. Because at the end of the day, we've seen this guy, once he gets in those upper echelon of matchups, he gets he gets a little outcoached. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think it, that's, that's why we're optimistic. I feel like... As a fan base, as you said, we're far more prepared for this. It's not the found money that Jacksonville was. We were just happy to get the monkey off of our back. We get a win in Houston, and we'll be happy once again getting another monkey off of our back. What has yep. it been? 25 years now? 95 was our last playoff win? You get a win in Houston, you throw the record. Big-time monkey game. Oh, you're throwing the records out big time. And, I mean, I don't want to look at other matchups, but, I mean, as you know, degenerates that we are, while we take a peek before we lay any type of predictions or anything that we think is going to be important – Titans, a team that snuck into the playoffs versus a team that skidding going into the playoffs, Patriots, plus four and a half. Tell me at the beginning, uh, th- three or four weeks ago, you thought there was a chance the Patriots could be playing wild card weekend and be only a no four-point four favorite. No chance. But here's here's the thing with me in this spot. Okay. Is I was I was the jackass last year that thought the Chargers had a chance. Against what, the Patriots? And what was that spread? Seven. Six and a half, seven. Yeah. I, I'm not betting against... Tom Brady. You know why it was six and a half, seven? Because they didn't know how strong Gronk was. And once Gronk came out of their offense, their offense became very stagnant and very basic. I mean, kudos. They won the Super Bowl. Obviously, that happened. So I'm not going to like try and take that away from them. But it wasn't like a crazy offensive show. Edelman just went off in the Super Bowl. They, without Gronk, with no Gordon that they had, with, no, I mean, Sanu has been making a nice impact. But if you take away Edelman. Yeah. I mean, Brady is in trouble. He, he's, he cannot bail out all these players. He's not making, Jaco- like, who is it? Jacor- Jacoby. Who's there? Uh, Jacoby Myers. No, no, that, that's who That's who there is. Like a bunch of guys like that. He like, cannot you make these guys names. superstars anymore. He's past that phase. No. Uh, exactly. So, uh, but still, 
I, 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 in my opinion, I'm not touching Tennessee. If anything, I'm not touching the game. You're going with the fool me one scenario. I'm with you. I'm not exactly. I'm not taking Tennessee. I'm not taking Tennessee money line spread. Whatever. I don't even want to take the Pats because you're right. They make me nervous, especially what happened in Week 17. But still, how do they play like that against the Bills in Week 16 and play that big of a clunker against Miami at home? In a game where they needed to win. Well, think field. about it. It was like they need if they if they didn't beat the Bills, then Miami was like a must, 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 must. So then, do they then beat Miami by two touchdowns? They probably do. I, I it, don't you don't you yes. agree that sports works that way? Yes, they I do. Took the foot off the gas because they expected they were going to get a, a, a limp Miami coming into. Instead, they got a rock hard Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he got it done. I, I mean, just it's so much fun to watch that guy play and down four points. Minute two left, cruises down the field. Yeah, how many teams? Never have, how many teams have had the Patriots come back against them in that last five minutes and then just throw a quick pick, four and out? You know, yeah, went right down the field on him. He didn't even have like a fourth down. No, yeah. Not to mention Parker, the way that he made Gilmore look. He he removed oh, Gilmore from the defensive player of the year conversation yesterday. Very possible, single handedly. Very possible, Gilmore. Crazy. Gilmore was looking like a lost child at, at, at Fantasy Island out there yesterday. Right, so I think it's it's time for some Houston, Texas trivia yeah. facts. I, some stuff I wanted to ask. Walker, Texan Ranger. Maniac, I'll start with you here. What is Houston ranked in overall population in the United States, and who is ahead of them? I'll say four for Deshaun Watson's number. Yes. Houston's four. Houston's four? They're, they're overall number four in the United States of America. Who are the three cities that have them? That's pretty easy. I mean, if you can't if you got this one, you can't get that one. I mean, well, what on. is it? L.A., Chicago, New York City? Perfect. Okay. So, bang, bang, bang right there. Fourth largest city in America. Population currently, last I saw, two point, almost 2.4 million. Where is Buffalo? If you could guess where Buffalo what is. What number city or population number? Like how, how much, how many population they have? Yeah, not, no. Don't give me the, what, what they have in their population, their overall number. So, if Houston's four, where do you think Buffalo is? I'm going to put Buffalo at 112. Okay, I thought you. I thought you have a worse answer. They were eighty seventh. I was gonna go ninety two. I was thinking that was too high. I mean, Buffalo eighty seventh. Legit. How many? What's their population at? Buffalo's population at one point three million. Two hundred fifty two thousand. <laughs> There's your embarrassing miss. That wasn't even close. They're eighty seventh with a little over two hundred fifty two thousand. There's more people that live in Toledo, Ohio, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Anchorage, Alaska. I mean, think about those. I mean, how the hell do more people live in Anchorage, Alaska? Yeah, more people. And they're they're around two ninety. Is Anchorage, Alaska bigger looking, city limits? Is Anchorage, Alaska looking at us like, oh, at least we're not Buffalo? Yeah. Well, in Maniac's defense, as his representative, uh, he was talking about the Buffalo metro area, which includes Niagara Falls, much to their chagrin. But yeah, it's, it, you think that there's way more people here than there is, folks. That's why it's crucial. Always get yourself good representation. Clearly something that I don't have. I texted a friend that I've known. I went to middle school with him. This was surprising. High school. And I, I just said, give me like a couple things about the city of Houston. Tells me three things. One, super humid there, which I never really thought that place would be super humid. Two, a ton of Mexican food. And three, everyone in the state is Cowboys fans, which goes to show once again with Houston. They've only, they haven't been around too long. You know, you're playing a city, you're playing a team where they don't have fans like us. It should be, I'm not saying it's going to be 50-50, yeah. but we should once again dominate the bars, dominate the tailgate, and the nightlife. Yeah. I, well, I used, to, I used to work with some folks down in the Houston area at my last job, and big shout out to Kyle Visser, follower on the train. He was shouting me out um, and, and giving me some intel on Ed, Ed Oliver. 
um, and why the Bills should draft him in the first round. Turns out they did, and it was one of the best first-round selections we've had in yep. recent memory. Uh, but he says the traffic is brutal there. People just kind of stay in their part of the city because it's a huge, huge city. I mean, square not, not just with people, but square mileage. I mean, it could take you, you know, two to three hours to get from west to east Houston, depending on the traffic. Yep, big time. I-10, their main throughway, sort of like R-33, is what, what did you hold on? This is this is a trivia question for Maniac. Well, it's a tri- okay. Trivia question. So no spoilers. But he said it's so humid that like the, 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 the moisture when you have air conditioning on, it just collects on your windows. You can't see outside of your windows in the summertime, and then it's just unbearable to be outside. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, we we have humid summers here with Lake Erie. They have the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. So I can't imagine what that's like. But yeah, AC capital of the world, Houston, Houston Texas. Houston has the widest freeway. In the world. So we got the 33. Sometimes you got six lanes. How many lanes across is the glorious I-10, the Katy Freeway at Beltway 8 in Houston? So we're talking about both ways of traffic, obviously, right? So you're not just going, yeah, you're not going just one lane. They say everything's bigger in Texas. Shout out Mary Margaret Johnson. Yep. Uh, RMMJ. I mean, I wanted to go six at first, but or like for, for one side, so that's 12. But I'm actually going to go... Eight on one side, so 16 lanes total. The answer, 26 lanes across. <laughs> 26, 26 lanes. lanes. Why do you people need 13 lanes? lanes and he's like, Can you imagine someone cutting over all 11 <laughs> lanes at once? <laughs> no, but... That's, put, that's 13 lanes on each side. Very that's, lucky. Very lucky expressway. That's, you take a step, that's four yeah. times wider than the 33. And it's still, despite all of those lanes, another fun fact, from my appraiser down in uh, the Houston area, they have the worst traffic on that highway in the United States of America. 26 lanes wide, and they say everybody still avoids it like the plague because every everyone tries to take so it. So it's a tourist trap. Everyone's going to check out the 13 lanes, and they're just stuck. <laughs> it's like it's like the 33 versus Genesee. Damn it. Like if you're telling like an out-of-towner about Buffalo and their traffic and their highways, what are you saying? The 33, the 190, the 90? Like What's exciting about our throughway? Anything? No, the thirty, the thirty-three like, is a racetrack. Like, like, like the like the only people who think like Buffalo stuff is exciting is Buffalo people. Yeah, like, and that's not even like a a diss on Buffalo people. It's just there's no like tourist type like throughway experience that you get, or like you know when you see the Buffalo skyline, like you know you don't get like goosebumps. Like, no offense, but like right, there's not much to like see there. <laughs> no, uh, wait a minute. When you're turning that corner on the thirty-three west, touche, touche, and you're turning the corner. And all of a sudden, those four buildings pop yep. up in the background. And you see that Canisius billboard? Yeah. Like they have a brand new big orientation coming up. Ranked you, top 10 in accounting degrees yep. in 2017. And you're just you're just so excited to be in debt for the next 10 years of your life. That's one of my favorite parts going on at 33. <laughs> see, who wouldn't get fired up about that? Come exactly. on. Hashtag defend Main Street. Next big fact. Maniac. Houston is home to an all-new travel agency. Oh, no. It was opened in the spring of 1984. Oh, no. They put together together the first nude airline flight. That sounds awesome. Which was with uh, Jerry Ferrara and Jamie Lynn Siegler, the now defunct Naked Air in 2003. Wait, what? No, I was joking about that part. Okay, okay. But that's real. They did say they hooked up on a plane. That was was a huge reference. That was real. Naked Air in 2003, the first nude airline flight. Can, Can we book like a nude trip for when we're there? 
It says it's now defunct, so I think it's it's done. It's not. It's not. You know, done. you can't have anything fun anymore. I'm sure everyone was having a great time with it in the '90s. Oh. People probably got like offended. You want to hear fun in Houston? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. My final <laughs> fact about this city: the person whom Tony Soprano is based. On. And his name is Vincent Vinny Ocean Palermo. After being involved in some very Sopranos-esque things, the ex-mobster turned government informant, settled in Houston, entering witness protection, and starting a new life as a millionaire strip club operator in Houston. You're allowed to do that? Like, I thought with all witness protection, you had to get, like, the most conservative job ever. Like, you're, well, like why wouldn't you just be like... Uh like, oh, I got all this money. Like, I'm still going to have an exciting life. He like, must have came through big time with witnesses. And must have been a big time. Must have been like uh, yeah. like Denzel in American Gangster. Like, yeah. at the end when he just, like, rats on everybody. So, yeah, whatever he did. Spoiler whatever alert. Whatever he said. Yeah, I mean, it, but this article was written <laughs> yeah. in 2016. This is three years old. But still. Yeah. That's that's very recent. That's not something that's fake. It's not. It's not. It's definitely not fake. If you read it on the internet, it has to be real. No, I just, Wiki- I, hashtag Wikipedia. I concur with Maniac. That's a... What an unbelievable deal to have a government-backed strip club, you know, like monopoly. What do you think the name of his strip club was? Who this this gentleman? Yeah, like when he when he found it in in Texas, like the, after that, because he bang. didn't have the bay. No, the he did not have the bottom thing. The bottom thing <laughs> no, was no, no, the bottom thing is a New York thing for sure. I love when uh, when who is it? Not Arthur. Someone, someone else is like, oh no, Artie Bucco. I, I, I don't want to spoil Sopranos, but there's a funny scene when someone gets like, there's a shooting out in the strip club like parking lot, and all the strippers and like bodyguards are like out there looking, and then they're like, ah, like you know, like and they're like all running in their fur coats. Oh, yeah, I don't want to okay. spoil who it is because obviously it's a big scene. Spoiler. Speaking, yeah, I, I, well. speaking of big scene. Yeah. I'm Tomorrow, ready. rec room bottle service. Yeah. And this is a question I had for both of you guys before the show. Yeah. I wanted you to tell me who you thought was your New Year's Eve starting, whatever, three, four, five. Who would you want in bottle service at rec room with you on New Year's Eve? And I wanted to target more whether they play for the Bills or Sabres. They're from Buffalo. They got to have some type of Buffalo tie. Who would you want in your bottle service? And it was tough. We all had some people that we each wanted. We have big lists too, so we had to cut it down to four. We had to cut yes. it down to four people total, starting five. So give me your first. Like, who's a first round pick? My first, my first, which is like who everybody would have if they had the first overall, it would be Gronk. And like, because the only reason is I, when you're going for a night out, you want someone with Paul, and you don't want to have to be the person with Paul. No, I'm saying I'm not taking Gronk Supreme. I'm just saying that that, that would be like my hypothetical first sure overall. Surefire first round pick, DJ yeah. Supreme, go. <laughs> of course, that was my first overall that, pick. That was his pick. That was like, I didn't mean to take it. Gronk. Well, he had three first overall yes. picks. Yeah, he, he was, he was oh. cherry picking for the. Like, he was like the Houston, he was like the Houston Texans oh. when he came into the league. Like he just got all the best people. Hey, 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 hey. I had two firsts and a sleeper fourth. Okay, so I stole your win on Gronk, but but tell the rest of your crew. All right, the rest of my crew. Gronk would be one. Yep, certainly. Bruce Smith. Uh, I mean, yeah, our that's Bruce. Seventy-eight. Third would be none other than Mike Robitaille. Because God knows what's coming out of his mouth. Big time gambler. Loves Vegas. Oh, he'd be a great time. Oh, he... Some of the stories he would be able to tell. Yep. And Deep Sleeper, I would be going with Brad May. Because he was was awesome. He had some stories. Oh, my God. When he was with Barnaby with us at Riverworks. Yep. Big shout out to him for joining the show. And I feel like he had a lot more to offer than he was giving us in the the brief time that we had him at Riverworks. Because Barnaby hazes us. And Brad May was hazing. He was Barnaby. hazing Barnaby. So, like, so he's like our grand, our Hayes grandfather. 
who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Barnaby is my, he was my surefire first round pick. Yeah. I mean, especially after the show he put on at Riverworks. Great connect. If you haven't seen that episode, you know, it doesn't have to be about what's going on now. It was a great show. Second round pick, Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> kind of like, and the reason why I'm going to Reporting Wolf live from Rec Room. Is he's a, exactly. He is someone CNN. who could break news right away if something happened. It reminds me. I'm Wolf Blitzer, live from the Situation Room at Skybar. It reminds me of Will McAvoy in Newsroom. Yeah, when you would he, have a real life Will McAvoy when he ate that brownie before Bin Laden got <laughs> shot. That episode brown, brownies over Bin Laden. That that episode goes down in history. Are you a Will McAvoy fan? In oh, that big newsroom? time, big time. That Will was McAvoy a great episode. Yeah. So think of Will Wolf Blitzer having a great time at Rec Room. Maniacs. Well, who doesn't sh- have a great time at Rec He's Room? He's pouring shots down his throat, and then all of a sudden. A story has to come out. He's got to go live. That's why I'd want him there. Yeah. Oh, it would be great for a live update, no doubt. Do, now, do you have any late round picks? Well, my my second round pick. So, so in my hypothetical, Supreme and I both drafted Gronk with our first overall because it's it's a dream. It's a dream. Second and you, one. And you beat him in flip cup. And and we and I did beat Gronk in flip cup. That's a fact. I only talk about facts on this show. Second round pick, Hollywood superstar, cheek to Waga native, William. Fickner. You want to talk about some Paul? Doesn't matter where this guy's walking in on Chippewa. Oh, you're going to try and steal the Joker's money and get away with it? Oh, you're going to lead Bruce Willis onto an asteroid to blow it up? William Fickner is your guy. So give me him for a night out. Big time. Ted Jarmus's uncle. <laughs> uncle Jarmus? Uncle Jarmus. Uncle, <laughs> uncle Bill. Jay? Uncle Bill. Seriously. Beautiful home <laughs> on the West Coast. <laughs> he's, been, he, he's, he's the kind of guy that's he's never been the main guy. But he's consistently the number three. So he's like right? Paul Rudd as of like 2010. Like he's ready to be the main guy. Is he going to be the main guy? Paul, I, I Rudd, Paul Rudd is the main it's guy. Okay now, with sure. be, it's okay with being the number three and everything. No. Honestly. It's, right? only, it, you, it's either number one or number two. But right though, I mean, you, you could be like nine, 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 eight, 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 and then be like number one eventually. This guy's consistently in good movies, good shows, whatever, killing it. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I'm Providing okay quality that. support. Yeah. So how about you, Supreme? Anyone else on your list? No, I got my four. Do your four then? Yep, Gronk, Bruce, Roby, and Brad May. Okay, I was gonna go with in my top five, Nick Bakai, guy who when I was you know growing up on primetime with Berman, he'd always pop up. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, and he's a redhead. He was great, and he he, he was like the first person I could remember like actually showing favoritism towards the Bills, towards the, exactly um, like on TV. Yep. Probably as far as they would let him go at that point. And you can't forget Rebecca Grant. <laughs> I mean, well, that was going to be my next pick, but if you're just going to scoop her like that. Rebecca Grant, University at Buffalo graduate, started her career off at the uh, Empire Sports Network. I lock her in, in that booth, at Rec Room. Okay. My next guy would be uh, the crazy dancing guy from Six Flags. That would be like, you know, like who yep. Fantasy Islands version, though. Yep. Okay, you got him. Then... After him, Chad Michael Murray, local native, celeb, has a lot of pull locally. And, you know, to be honest, I think he would pull a couple babes. I think Chad Michael Murray would pull a couple babes. Gronk would be obnoxious, kind of like doesn't care about babes because he's got his own babe. Got like my other guy. And last but not least, I need some pull in my group. Seymour Knox. Okay. So I'm going to get Seymour Knox. I'm going to get former owner of the Sabres. He's still alive? Well, this is a hypothetical, right? Oh, I didn't think it was, but... Well, either way, he's going Seymour out with me. Knox. Seymour Knox is going out with me. Former owner of the Sabres, for half founder of the Albright Knox Art Museum. So you're getting a guy with culture and a guy with sports background. You just can't replace that in your locker room. 
He fi- he finishes out my starting five. Who would you rather have in your bottle service? Patrick Kane, Baby Joe Macy. Uh, t- depends. Am I really like trying to get after it, or am I trying to have a great time? Because there's two differences. Like, am I going home at one, or am I going home at four? Is four. the real question. Four. Okay, then, I, then I'm taking Pat Kane. So one. What's the difference? What's well, the, main the thing is, there? I think that Joe Macy would be more cordial with everybody, and I think like more universally approved. Okay. Whereas I think with Pat Kane, not that there's anything wrong with Pat Kane. Obviously, I mean, obviously he had the accusations, and everything. I think he's so locally admired pretty well. But I think there would be people who wouldn't come up to us just because it's Pat Kane. That's that's, that, that's so that's where I'm at. So I think with Baby Joe, you're getting like everybody. Everyone wants to take pictures. Everyone like is like a super slub says. Whereas Kane kind of ostracizes a couple people, but will ultimately be more fun for the long run, no doubt. Byron Brown or Millard Fillmore? <laughs> Byron Brown for sure. Okay. Supreme, any last words on this uh, rec room bottle service? No, I would go with Kane and Byron as well. I mean, Kane would be Kane. Let's not pretend like he's not a superstar. He'd be turning heads for the whole night, and he'd be in it for the long run. Yep. And Byron be a great guy to have on, on the train. I could see Kane and J Dubs late. Oh like yeah, five thirty, five thirty. But real quick, we got to get you to UB. Yeah. Alumni, oh wow, we do alumni arena. Huge matchup tonight. The Bulls taking on the Bonnies. You know, this is a big game for the Bulls. This is a chance to sweep the Big Four. Both teams are eight and four. UB is a, a, a small favorite though at home. They're coming off wins against Canisius and Niagara. They're minus two and a half. They've been off for nine days. The Bonnies have won seven in a row. Go, I mean, not a lot of big wins though. I mean, they beat Middle Tennessee State. They're four and nine. They beat Hofstra though, who is first in the Colonial Athletic, and they also took down FAU. Jordan Bush's FAU. Yeah, Jordan Bush. Shout out. They don't know uh, what's going on with Bonnies yet. I feel like it's so early because they just got their guys back from injury, right? Yeah, exactly. So, like, they don't know. Earlier in the year, awful. Banged up. Yep. Took an awful loss there. I think it was Ohio. Yep. And then, uh, now they've been on fire. They've won seven in a row. And then real quick, Sabres. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? You're, you're talking about a team right now. You've lost, I think, six of seven. You have people on Twitter. Sabres Twitter is just on fire. I mean, it's, it's- very simple. The, the Bills did not make the playoffs for almost 20 years. Yep. What did they start doing? They started working on the fundamentals. They started winning the close games. They started defending their dirt. They started basing the core values and everything and winning those games. The Sabres do not win tough, close games. They really just don't. No. Anytime it's a tough, close game, they just find a way to lose it, whether it's a turnover in their own zone, whether it's a complete lack of scoring, or if that night is the night where like the goalie decides to you know throw like a 700 save percentage up there. It just and seems like no matter what, there's no mental toughness. It just kills you because the team has talent. They have Eichel. They have Reinhardt. They have Skinner, who is good despite you know a little recent struggles. Darlene is stepping it up. So it's just frustrating when they're dropping these close games. And here's the deal. It's December 30th, and this team... Is seven points out of the, and I'm not saying the wild card is the better option. The division is this year. It's a weaker. I mean, I, I I don't know if you call it a weaker division. I think some teams started slow: Florida, Montreal, Tampa Bay. But you're still you're seven points out of a wild card. No, spot. bad, bad. And you're four points now behind Florida, who's in third in the division. They're gonna heat up. Tampa's gonna heat up. Other teams will heat up. So it's very just, bad. You're in a bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, extremely I, I, bad. I would I would literally take Sabers minus three hundred and not take. I don't even know what it is now. Could be could be even more than that. Oh, it's got to be more. So they were waiting for them to collapse. And and meanwhile, and you know what the most frustrating thing is? Is it's like being on a boat. Like it's like when when uh in the movie Castaway, 
when he like, you know, like when the boat goes nearby, but like he doesn't like, like the boat doesn't see him or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So oh, like, so, so you have Botterill, you have Botterill who could like make a trade. You have Botterill who could have last year, he could have pulled up Olofsson in January instead of waiting till March. He could have pulled him up in January when we were struggling with scoring. Instead, he's sitting on his hands and that's why you have Chad Double D who's as as reasonable as they come, saying he's completely out on him and the GM is probably going to get fired. It's awful. DJ, DJ Supreme, last words. My, my last words are the Sabres need to find a way to win these tough games. Much to Maniac's point, the Sabres are near undefeated when leading after two periods of season with, I think it's like 16, 17 games where they're 16-1, and one, I believe was the number I saw when they're leading after two periods. But then when they get into close games down the stretch, they have nothing. I mean, it's, there's no mental toughness. Nope. There's one player on the team right now. It's the Buffalo. You might as well rebrand them the Buffalo Eichels and and start the franchise over like a, a Vegas Golden Knights go Sabers with an ER. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I can't. I can't stand to see another decade long drought in Buffalo sports in my life. If you had a Sabers jersey with just Eichel's face on it, would that technically be bringing back the goat head jersey? Yes. Yes. Next up for the Sabres, Tampa, Edmonton, Florida, St. Louis. Do the math. You got to run a couple wins off. You got to run a couple wins off. It's plain not, and simple. It's just not happening. Sorry, Maniac. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. DJ Supreme, once again, best producer on the East Coast. Good night.